It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey guys, Gronk here, calling a 30-second hair huddle. When it comes to tackling hair loss, Hims has you covered. From clinically proven regrowth treatments to thickening shampoo and conditioner. Just go to 4 for a free consultation. Then a licensed medical provider can help you with your game plan. If prescribed, Hims ships directly to your door. Get your hair back in the game with Hims. Try today and get a 90-day money-back guarantee at 4 Just go to 4 slash NFL. That's 4 slash NFL. Restrictions apply. See website for full details and important safety information. You are Locked On Packers, your daily Green Bay Packers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. R-E-L-A-X. Relax. We're going to be okay. It is time. It is time. I feel like we can run the table. I really do. You are Locked On Packers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I am Peter Bukowski, and I cover the Packers for SB Nation. I cover the NFL around the internet, and you can follow me on Twitter at Peter underscore Bukowski. You can follow the podcast on Twitter at Locked On Packers. Like us on Facebook, you can subscribe to the podcast on Spotify, on iTunes, on Google Play, on the all-new Himalaya podcast app. Wherever you find podcasts, you will find Locked on Packers, the number one Packers podcast in the state of Wisconsin, and the show for fans who know what happened, they want to know why and how. Today, we're going to talk about everything OTAs related, and that includes the Josh Jones, the really bizarre Josh Jones trade demands. And then we're going to get into a little bit uh, uh, on some OTA stuff. Rashawn Gary, Darnell Savage. There's some interesting stuff going on with the rookies. And and I want to talk about, you know, what matters and what doesn't at this point. But let's start with one of the weirder stories of the offseason. And and frankly, that's saying something. Uh, I don't know that it's quite uh, coach was getting a massage instead of in a meeting weird. But Josh Jones is not at OTAs. And the reason he's not at OTAs is because... He wants to be traded. Feels like it's in the best interest for him and the team. Just a fresh start for both sides. And I can't can't say that I think he's wrong. Uh, I wrote extensively about this for Acme Packing Company early in the week and, and, you know, laid out how we got to this point. I think it's worth, you know, pointing out that he was someone who started off with a lot of promise. He was impressive in OTAs which is another reason to, to be hesitant about drawing too many conclusions about what goes on in May in the NFL. He was also impressive in his first start in the NFL, uh, but never really blossomed, never really got to that next point in his career. And in fact, that was the best thing he ever did that game. A year later, with a new defensive coordinator, the Packers preferred two undrafted free agents over him. So you had HaHa ha Clinton Dix, and then instead of Josh Jones, you had Kentrell Bryce and Jermaine Whitehead getting significant playing time while Josh Jones is basically relegated to special teams duty. If I'm Josh Jones, I am pissed about that because I feel like when I was on the field, I was better than those guys. And you know what? I think he was. Now, we're talking about you know orders of magnitude with players who were all playing at a, at a below average level. So we're talking about gradations of bad, (laughs) but he still played better 
he played not as poorly as those guys. And yet, it was the case. Green Bay trusted him less. Why is that? What happened? What's going on there? I don't have a good answer for that. I really don't. And, and Josh doesn't either. I asked him last year. Uh, I, I, you know, I, I said, did they give you a reason that you weren't playing? He said no. And he said he was focusing on, you know, he, by that time he was starting and, and he was focusing on helping the team win. And, and unfortunately, he wasn't able to do that in a meaningful way. Here's the, here's the bottom line here. The Packers didn't really want to play Josh Jones. And they don't really want to play him this year. They used a first-round pick that they traded up to get on a safety. They paid serious money for Adrian Amos. And last year, and I think this is forgotten a lot, they drafted Oren Burks. Now, he's not a safety. But go back and, and read some of the stuff that was said from Brian Gutekinst about who Josh Jones was when they drafted him. They said immediately, and I thought this was brilliant, that he's going to be a dime linebacker. It is worth noting that that was Brian Gutekinst, not Ted Thompson, who said that. Now, we don't know if he was Brian Gutekinst's pick. I think it's possible and, and potentially likely that given what we now know about Ted Thompson's health situation, that one of the reasons that that was Brian Gutekinst and not Ted Thompson was just that. We don't know that it was Goody pounding the table for Josh Jones. I think we we have a, a clearer answer to that a year later when he's in charge of the draft and he trades up in the third round to draft someone who ostensibly is a dime linebacker. So does this team have faith in him? Probably not. It doesn't seem like it. If they wanted to play Jermaine Whitehead, who they cut midseason, and Kentrell Bryce, who they allowed to walk without even an offer in the offseason, and they traded HaHa Clinton Dix, I don't think that is a endorsement of Jones because they went out and added two high-profile players at the position. I think it's an indictment of Jones and the safety position as a whole. And so that leads us to the question of what do you do now? Do the Packers trade him? I got an interesting question on Twitter from Scott Riley. Hey, Peter, what's happening? Hello, Peter. What's happening? A question for your show. If Josh Jones get traded, what kind of value do you think we can get for him? I was excited to see him in the big nickel Mike Patton loves. Possible trade for receiver to compete for a spot. I like the idea of that. The premise of that, I you know, you trade a player who doesn't really want to be there, an underwhelming player for another underwhelming player. This is something we've seen in the NFL in the past. You swap, you know, two depreciated assets in hopes of both sides trying to, you know, catch lightning in the in a bottle in some way. I don't I don't see a situation like that out there for them, at least not at receiver right now. And what's the upside? So the question is, does Green Bay think that he can have a role? Can he be that big nickel sort of dime linebacker type? If Warren Burks can play and play well, they don't need him to do that. And I think you'd you'd rather have Burks and Martinez on the field, bring that extra corner on because he is a true cover player and play it that way because Oren Burks can cover too. Green Bay in playing that safety at linebacker and that nickel, they really were small. And although Mike Patton is fine with that in some ways, he, he wants to be a 
pass defense first kind of, of team, it did allow teams to run on them. And then when your secondary gets depleted with injuries, now all of a sudden you're not covering as well and now you can't stop the run or the pass. And that's like a two-way miss in golf. You're just boned at that point. There's just nothing you can do. And so if, if Green Bay, you know, if the situation were different, if Green Bay wanted to, to make it work with Josh Jones, this is like being in a relationship with someone. If they wanted to make it work, they could just say, tough luck. You got to play. You're under contract. You got to play. I don't, I don't know that Green Bay is going to do that in this case because I don't think that they feel strongly about his future with the team. So, you know, maybe they, they try and work out a trade for a conditional late-round pick. They try and snag a player off a, off a team's roster that they don't seem particularly interested in using. Could that be something that, that works out? Maybe. You know, can you, can you get the Titans, let's say, to part with Taewon Taylor, who was underwhelming last year but who Matt LaFleur knows a little bit a little bit different kind of skill set than than what the Packers have currently on the roster, a smaller guy, but with speed, potential playmaking after the catch, and just say, we think we can we can build him into something. I mean, that's that's how the Packers could view it. I think that's an interesting premise. There aren't that many player for player trade opportunities out there just in in general. And then this kind of of player for player for player trade, it's it's unfortunate that it didn't work out uh, for him and for the Packers and I, I do think it's worth wondering how we got here and that was what I was trying to parse in that piece but Green Bay went out of its way basically to not play him I mean when you're playing multiple undrafted free agents over him I, that is that is bad now I, I don't think we need to we need to say for sure that 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 is proof that he was worse than those guys because what I saw from what I saw on the field, when he played and when they played, he was better than them. So what else is going on? Was this an attitude problem? Was this a work ethic problem? Was this a versatility problem? Was this a fit problem? I mean, what was the deal? There's more to this story. I just don't know what it is at this point. And maybe it'll come out and maybe it won't. I think if you ask Josh and if you ask the, the team, you'll get two different answers. So are we going to come to some understanding of this? I don't think so. Do I think this likely ends with him not being on the team in 2019? Yes. Whether it's being released, whether it's, you know, whatever, it's a, a trade if they can find a, a team willing to give up a late round pick for him. He was a second round pick not that long ago. And he was a physical, a fast, you know, there's tools here. These are the kind of guys that the Patriots will give you you know, they'll pick swap for you on day three or they'll give you a sixth round pick for maybe you can get a team to do that. Unfortunately, Washington, you know, they've got safeties and, and Josh Jones didn't go to Alabama. Maybe something like Josh Jones for Josh Doxson could be interesting. You'd swap Josh's and at least Doxson would have a chance to make the team. He was someone that I really liked coming into the draft. I know he was someone that other people in Packers media like Jason Hershorn was a big fan and was actually, you know, sort of jokingly mad at me that I liked Doxon more because he he was riding that train. He wanted to be on the, the Josh Doxon bandwagon. Well, it turns out we were both wrong. And so was Washington. But given his his playing style similarities to Jordy Nelson, maybe he comes to Green Bay with Aaron Rodgers and becomes a better fit. Who knows? That's the kind of thing that that could be out there. I wouldn't hold my breath for it. But at this point, 
I think you have to, you have to, you know, the smart money is on him not being with the team. And so that leaves the Packers in a situation where they probably need to add some, some depth there. I mean, I know that, that there are some fans who really like Raven Green, but an undrafted free agent from a, a non-major conference school, that's tough. Mike Tyson, what is he going to give them? Natrell Jamerson, I like the potential there, but you know that's, that's a wild card. Now, do I think it's likely Green Bay acts? Mm, I don't. I don't. Given, given what they did last year and given what they've already done to fortify the position, I just think they're going to be like, look, we're not going to pay a veteran to come in and be a backup. That's just not something they do. Someone who has been a starter, you know, someone like Eric Berry, they don't, they don't do things like sign Eric Berry to be veteran backup help. They don't sign Darian Stewart or Trey Boston to be a veteran backup. Now, if they think he's going to play in their big nickel and he's going to play 40, 50% of snaps, maybe that's something that they look into. If it were me, I would look into it. Do I think Green Bay is going to? Mm, I don't. I don't think they are. I just don't. And I, I don't. I, I don't think it really affects anything with the linebacker position. You know, in the nickel formation, you take a linebacker off the field and they're big nickel. You take the linebacker off the field and you bring the safety on. Well, if Oren Burks can be that guy, but then you're fine, and you're fine at both positions then, because. You're just going to play more in a, a traditional base formation, probably play a little bit more traditional nickel. And, and instead of taking the linebacker off of the safety, you can play your linebackers. Maybe you take a defensive lineman off the field and you bring a cornerback on. That's something that Dom Capers did a lot. It's something that Mike Penton did a lot. You're not always going to see three defensive linemen. It's called a 3-4, but you're not always going to see three defensive linemen on the field. So maybe you keep Kenny Clark and Mike Daniels on the field you take Dean Lowry or Montrevious Adams or whoever was on off, you bring in a corner, and now you can play with Oren Burks and Blake Martinez. And what you wanted to do by playing big nickel was keep your coverage flexibility while maintaining your, your run responsibilities. Well, Josh Jones struggled against the run. Jermaine Whitehead was kind of a mess by the end at everything. And so if Oren Burks can take that year two jump, he doesn't have to be Bobby Wagner. He doesn't have to be K.J. Wright, pick a Seahawks linebacker. But if he's a useful player, if he's someone that can start and play 60, 70, 80% of snaps in, in, a, in the very least at base formation and then can play some in the nickel, that's pretty useful. And it, it mitigates the potential loss of someone like Josh Jones. The reality is he's not going to be on the team or he's unlikely to be on the team when they open training camp, or at the very least, when they open the season. And, you know, I don't think, let me say it this way. I think the guy who is going to fill that role and play those snaps is already on this team. Before we move on, today's show is brought to you by Hotels.com. Don't hate like your friends' trips. Book your own with Hotels.com and get rewarded basically everywhere. Hotels.com, be there, do that, get rewarded. David Harrison here, the Locked on Washington football team podcast, celebrating with you a 21-grain salute to a less boring sandwich thanks to Dave's killer 
bread. I don't know about you guys, but when I eat pizza, I eat it for the toppings, not the crust. And when I eat a sandwich, it's for what's inside the bread, not for the bread. But when I throw a sandwich on 21 whole grains and seeds, thin sliced bread from Dave's Killer Bread, it is the epitome of addition by subtraction. That thin sliced bread lets me focus on what's inside the sandwich, but also adds to the sandwich with killer taste, killer texture, killer nutrition, a subtle sweetness, and a seed-coated crust. Dave's Killer Bread is America's number one organic bread for a reason it tastes so stinking good dave's killer bread is made with the highest quality organic and non-gmo ingredients and is power packed with whole grains fiber and protein visit daveskillerbread.com to learn more and look for dave's killer bread in the bread aisle of your local grocery store hey listen up FanDuel fantasy players your day is about to get 20 percent better this is Vinny Iyer, host of Lockdown Fantasy Football here on the Lockdown Network, and I have an offer for you. Start playing fantasy this football season, and FanDuel will give you a 20% bonus on your first deposit. That's up to $500. That's a big-time bonus, and all you need to do to claim it is to make your first deposit on FanDuel. I love the fantasy contests they have on FanDuel. So many different ways to play, cash games, tournaments. I like to challenge myself there Take my fantasy football knowledge to the next level. Many different types of game formats you can pick from. Main slate, single game, best ball, snake draft, and you can even play private contests with your friends. And there's an awesome slate of games on hand every single week. You can get the players that you don't have in your redraft leagues into your lineup. Try to get that big time return on investment. Every week is a new chance for you to win big at FanDuel and that's what I love about it. Experience season long wins without the season long waits. Sign up today at FanDuel.com slash LockedOn to claim your bonus and start playing today. That's FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. Agent location restrictions apply. Bonus issued as is non-withdrawable site credit that expires after 30 days. So I'm going to start here with the OTA stuff. Just remember, there's no pads. And that this is, you know, what we what we got all these reports from and what with the open practice, what we got to see is day two. And so let's not overreact. Let's not get up in arms that Josh Jackson is not starting over Tremont Williams. And let's not get up in arms that Kevin King is not 100% healthy. By the way, he was practicing and although he's not doing full practicing, he is working his way back. Marquez Valdez-Scantling was in the starting receiver group. That's not, that's not a problem for me, even if you're a big EQ fan. Devontae Adams being held out right now precautionary. What's more interesting to me is Aaron Rodgers saying he loves Billy Turner in the huddle and thinks that he brings a nastiness and an edge. And this is without pads. And what matters to me is that the first play they run in the open portion is with two receivers, a running back, and a fullback. That is solidifying what we thought about this team and what we thought they were going to be. We thought they were going to play big. Darnell Savage running with the first team matters. And I know that it's easy to be down on some of these players that Green Bay has drafted recently at the safety position. Haha, Clinton Dix, Morgan Burnett. I get it, but go back to early in their careers. They started right away. Nick Collins. These guys started right away, and by the way, they were good right away. They were useful right away, and although Morgan Burnett's injury, I think, really robbed him of the chance to become a really good player, he was a solid player before the end there. By the end, I think everyone in Green Bay was happy to see him go. Maybe not happy, but they were, they were not sad that he wasn't going to be on the field from a football standpoint, from a guy standpoint. It seemed like everyone really liked Morgan. 
Ha, Clinton Dix. Early on, showed plenty of flash, plenty of promise. Never really fulfilled that promise. And Nick Collins wasn't his fault. I mean, he was on his way to a Packers Hall of Fame career at the very least before the injury in 2011. And he was really good, and he was really good early. Can Darnell Savage play to that level? Well, we have some hints. And while I don't think we need to fly off the handle making proclamations here, it's not nothing to have your head coach talk about how smart you are as a player and then have the veteran leader of the secondary in Tremont Williams make multiple mentions of your intelligence. Because it's one thing for a freak athlete like Savage to show well in these OTAs. No pads. These are shells, helmets, shorts. If you're a freak athlete and you're especially in a position like safety, corner, receiver, you're going to show out. You're going to be impressive because you can fly around. But the fact that they're talking about his intelligence, the way that he thinks about the game, the way that he is absorbing the playbook, the way that he has this voracious appetite for the game, those are not words that you have to speak. Tremont Williams is not going to give and offer some vapid praise of a rookie just to do it because you know what? Tremont Williams worked his ass off to get to where he is and to, to have the career that he had because he wasn't a first-round pick and he had to force his way onto the field and he did it by preparing, he did it by studying, he did it by being a smart player. So for him to say, I see Darnell Savage and I see a smart player, and I see that intelligence, and that's what stands out to me. That's meaningful because he's starting. He's running with the starters. He is the starter at safety, and, and especially with Josh Jones not at camp, there's just no one there to challenge him for that role. He's going to win it, and he's going to be the guy, and he's going to start week one, barring injury, at free safety. He's going to be that dude, and he's going to play a little bit of everywhere. And, you know, I, again, I don't think we should get carried away talking about all of the, the, you know, the puffery that we get this time of year with players. Oh, best shape of their lives. Oh, I'm really impressed with what I'm seeing. A lot of that stuff we can just throw out. But this kind of praise is unique. And speaking of unique praise, we're going to talk about Rashawn Gary in just a second. But before we do, I want to tell you about Grip 6. Today's show is brought to you by Grip 6 belts, where their goal is to make the literal best belt that's ever been made. Grip 6 is an easy, thoughtful gift for your dads, brothers, husbands, uncles, grandpas, and even moms and wives. They have a women's collection. It's ultra lightweight with no holes, no flap, and it carries a low profile with the buckle laying flat against the waist, making the belt super comfortable. Grip 6 is the only belt with no holes, no flaps, and no bulk. Grip6 has a special offer for you at grip6.com slash lock, L-O-C-K-E. This episode is brought to you by Shell. College football is best enjoyed at home. You know, the home that has no rooms because it's a stadium of 70,000 screaming fans. But wherever you are, ESPN and Shell can take your fandom further with savings up to 15 cents per gallon for Fuel Rewards members at Shell. Welcome home, football fans. Terms and conditions apply. See fuelrewards.com slash fuelyourfandom for details. Shell is an official sponsor of ESPN College Football. ESPN, the ESPN logo, and ESPN College Football are registered trademarks of ESPN Incorporated. This episode is brought to you by Philips One by Sonicare. One up your brushing with Philips One. 
This one is the ideal one for those who are still using an old-school manual toothbrush. To all those people, it's time to take your brushing one level up. The solution is a simple one. It's the perfect timing one. It's the long-lasting battery-powered or USB rechargeable one. The comes in multiple colors to match you one. The one with a subscription that delivers new brush heads for just $5. Your teeth deserve this one. Philips One by Sonicare. One up your brushing. Learn more at philips.com one. That's P-H-I-L-I-P-S dot com slash O-N-E. So I don't want to go too long on this because we, we dedicated a whole show on it yesterday with, with Coach Don Brown from Michigan and Rashawn Gary. But Mike Smith said something fascinating on Wednesday, and that was Rashawn Gary was his number one outside linebacker in the draft. And I think if we extrapolate here, that's the same as saying that he thought the Packers outside linebackers coach thought Rashawn Gary was the best edge player in the draft. Because it, they, they, if you're a team that runs a 3-4 and you play with stand-up outside linebackers, everyone who is an edge is an outside linebacker. So that means he thought Rashawn Gary was a better prospect than Nick Bosa and Josh Allen and Brian Burns and Montez Sweat and, and Cleland Farrell and all of these guys who were really highly regarded coming out. Mike Smith thought Rashawn Gary was the best one. The best, and even if he didn't, and and I'm I'm wrong about my extrapolation here, although I don't think I am. Outside linebacker is the position that he was drafted to play. That was the position they were drafting. It was a position they were looking to draft. They got what is in the opinion of the coach who is going to coach the player the best one in the draft. At the very least, we're talking about Josh Allen and Brian Burns, guys who were always going to be stand-up outside rushers but probably Bosa too. And he mentioned Bosa by name in comparison. So this team, there was that great question about how does this team grade its own draft? By the way, A-plus is how they grade it. They love it. Mike Smith thought Rashawn Gary was a top five player in the draft. I mean, there's no other way to put it because if he's better than those guys, I mean, even if you thought Kyler or you know pick a quarterback and then Quinnen were, were the top two, there's no one to put ahead of the, the pass rushers. Maybe at Oliver. So that's why I'm saying th- top three to five players in the draft, and they got him at 12. They are stoked about Rashawn Gary. So for whatever, whatever I think and whatever the fans think and whatever other media people think and whatever the NFL draft experts so-called think, the Packers love it. They love it. And he went out of his way to say, you know, I've never seen anyone like him before. Size, speed, athleticism. He's unlike anything I've ever seen. That includes D. Ford and Justin Houston. So, you know, you like to have a coach who's excited to coach. Doesn't mean he's right. Doesn't mean he's right. And we have to remember that. But what it does mean is there this is this is what they wanted. They got what they wanted. Which, you know, I, I think in the draft that that is Something to to take note of. So, you know, tying this all back together to our earlier discussion about Darnell Savage, it is the case that you're going to hear a lot of puffery from coaches and players about other guys and other coaches and whatever. And a lot of it needs to be taken with a grain of salt. It is unique 
to talk about a rookie's intelligence because it's unique for a rookie to display it. That sort of football intelligence is is not something that I think you're always going to sh- to see early on. In fact, it's rare to see early on. It's not something that is going to show up in OTAs a lot. And we haven't even seen Darnell Savage hit anyone yet because they haven't put the pads on. So, you know, that's that's fascinating. We don't know if Rashawn Gary is good, but we know that the guy coaching him loves him. Loves him. And the team is really excited to have him. All of that is newsworthy. It does not mean they're going to be good players. But it is worth talking about. It is worth pointing out that this is happening. This is a thing. And we have to reckon with it. Rashawn Gary is going to play a lot. And he is going to play, he's going to make it easier for Mike Patton to play a little bit smaller in that front in terms of personnel because he can play with his hand in the dirt. You know, we heard Mike Smith say there are going to be times when four outside linebackers are on the field together, the return of Dom Capers' NASCAR package. It's kind of remarkable that that in one offseason they were able to put together a group of four that they feel good about between the Smiths and Kyler Fackrell and now Rashawn Gary. They can play those guys, all four on the front, and you can have Zadarius Smith and Rashawn Gary line up inside. They've played there. That's where that's one of the places where they are best. And and you can reasonably say that the best pass rush front for Green Bay, I think you can make a good case. The best pass rush front for Green Bay would be Zadarius Smith and Kenny Clark inside with Rashawn Gary and Preston Smith on the edge. I think that's the best pass rush four you can put together. But all those guys can move around. They can all do a little bit of different kinds of things. And that versatility has to be one of the reasons why Mike's, and it was, I mean, he said that outright, uh, was one of the reasons why they were so excited to get him. So I understand the, the, the fan reaction. And look, I'm not, I'm not backing off my evaluation of Rashawn Gary, but I am relaying important information to you based on the team's perspective, based on you know what Coach Brown said yesterday. If you haven't listened to that show, go back and do it. I think it's it's very useful. I certainly have have come around more on the selection the more that I've dug into it and the more that that I hear from the team and and the guys around him and and hear about Rashawn Gary the player. So it's still gonna it's still gonna you know sting because I was very into Montez Sweat as a player. And they didn't take him, and he fell, and you know that was the guy that I wanted. But you know, look, Rashawn Gary can still be a good player. Their heaping of praise on him is not proof that he will be. All right, we're going to be back next week. Jason Hershorn is going to be on the show, America's guest. We're going to have our rookie orientation series on Jay Sternberger, whose name I will continue to to pronounce correctly, hopefully. So a lot more coming, and then down the road, you know, there's there's pretty soon there's not going to be a lot of football to discuss. And we, we've been lucky to this point. We've really had a ton to talk about that is actual football related. But I'm working on some things that I hope are interesting for the offseason that are not quite as serious, not quite as football-y, uh, that, that we can you know still stay engaged with what's going on with the team and what's going on with the league. So stay tuned for all of that. The best way to do that is to subscribe to the podcast. Do it on iTunes, do it on Spotify, do it on Google Play, Stitcher, Uh, the all-new Himalaya podcast app. Be sure to do that. Uh, Anywhere you find podcasts, you will find Locked on Packers, the number one Packers podcast in the state of Wisconsin. And who hosts that show? 
Well, I do. And you can follow me on Twitter at Peter underscore Bukowski. Follow the podcast on Twitter at Locked on Packers. Like us on Facebook. Share, share. Please share the show on Facebook. If you like one of the shows, share the the Rashawn Gary show. Let your friends be as informed about the Packers as you are. You can hold back a little bit. You can, because you still want to be the smartest one. I mean, obviously. So, <laughs> and anytime you want to hit us up on the Locked On Packers fan hotline, you can do that, 920-341-3775 to stay Locked On Packers.